0: How are you now? Oh, how are you now? That was some kind of game, wasn't it? Some kind of game, some kind of sport. Hockey, isn't it? There's just so much that can happen uh, in on any particular night uh, when you're watching the best players in the world go at it. Uh, you, you never really know what to expect. And uh, with that being said, hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am here to talk to you a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens, your Montreal Canadiens, uh, taking to home ice for the second time in a row not the second night in the row, but the second time in a row, this time taking on the New York Rangers, the number one team in the Eastern Conference. So coming off a... <laughs> A bit of a stinker against the Buffalo Sabres on home ice. You you had to wonder what were they going to bring against the absolute best team in the Eastern Conference. You know, they get shelled in the third period against the Sabres, lose 6-1. You've got a chance to have a really ugly game against the best team in the Eastern Conference if you don't bring a pretty quality game. So we're going to get to that. I'm going to tell you what happened. We're going to talk through it. We're going to have some good performances, some bad performances. But before we do... With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds news and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And your Montreal Canadiens uh, started their game against the Rangers a little bit better than I would frankly have expected them to. I mean, again, I I hate to keep repeating myself, but it's the top team in the Eastern Conference. You're coming off a 6-1 blowout against the Sabres, who are not the top team in the Eastern Conference what are you going to be able to really offer them that you couldn't offer the Sabres? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's kind of going back and forth in the first period, and the Habs are really getting the better of them. They got an early lead on the shot clock. Now, of course, we do get a, a power play. I mean, <laughs> the, the fucking Rangers had the puck in the Hab zone for a total of 20 fucking seconds and somehow managed to get a power play out of it. Caden Gouli off for a trip. Sure looked like a dive by Mika Zibanejad, but whatever. Habs managed to kill that off and they get back to even strength where they've been the better team and guess what happens Jake Evans up near the point quick little pass to Brennan Gallagher as he's coming down towards like the high slot area a little bit off to the left he fights off a check he's got a guy all over him and manages to rip an absolute BB far side top ched one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens uh, really ridiculous goal by Brennan Gallagher that was a fantastic shot and the Habs get a lead off a very strong 5-on-5 play Now, the Rags, they get back into it a little bit from there. Um, They can't get anything through, though. You know, Samuel Motambo is playing very well in net for the Habs, and uh, they're honestly playing pretty tight defense with a one-goal lead. But we go into the second period. Okay, we get an early chance with Jesse Elan and driving the net, throwing it out front, maybe accidentally. I'm not sure uh, what exactly he was trying to do there, but he he throws it out front and uh, it finds its way to Sean Monaghan. It hits something on the way. Sean Monaghan shoots it. I think it hit a ranger on the way and it kind of flops over and into the net past Jonathan Quick Two nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. And then shortly after that. Mitchell Stevens, he's got the puck in the corner, he spots Yoel Armia streaking into the high slot area, he finds him, Yoel Armia snipes one, all of a sudden Yoel Armia is red hot, and it's 3 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens, but hang on a second, I've talked about this many times, I've mentioned it on this podcast at least, <laughs> I want to say 10 times in the last 4-5 or five episodes, that this team cannot fucking play with a lead, they get worse, the bigger the lead is. So with a one-goal lead, they're all right. With a two-goal lead, they kind of stop playing. With a three-goal lead, they fucking leave the building. And that's precisely what I was hoping to avoid against the Rangers here. I'm like, if you guys keep doing everything that you're doing that's making you successful so far in this game, you're going to have a fun time. We're all going to have a fun time watching the rest of this game. If you, if you do the thing that you normally do, which is everybody starts backing off and they start, you know, playing possum and they are basically going into a shell and trying to defend the lead, it's going to get a little bit hairy. It's going to get a little bit stressful. And that they, they chose, you know, exactly what they do every single time that they get a lead. They chose to stop playing. And the Rangers from that point kind of took over the game. Uh, just past the midway point of the second period they get back into it long point shot from Eric Gustafson Vincent Trocek gets a tip on it that makes it 3-1 two consecutive icings by the Habs later the second one was just ridiculous and unnecessary and right off the faceoff Vincent Trocek wins the draw feeds Artemi Panarin cutting into the front of the net he makes it three to two And with under three minutes to play, Nick Suzuki has an errant stick that gets a high sticking call. This could be it right here, but it isn't. The Habs actually managed to get that kill. They end the period, and they've got about 20 minutes here. Well, exactly 20 minutes in the third to avoid disaster. 20 fucking minutes, all right? And the Habs, to their credit... They didn't sit back in the third period. They actually started skating with the Rangers again. I liked that, right? Whatever they, whatever Martin St-Louis said to them in the room, uh, they took it to heart, and they were actually starting to run and gun a little bit. But that made it a little bit more stressful because Samuel Montembeau really had to impose himself in that third period. He was imposing throughout the entire game, but in that third period in particular, man, he was important to making sure that the Habs uh, didn't make things worse for themselves. And then, so Adam Fox, right at the midway point. He lets one loose from the point, I think it got tipped on the way. Again, I have no idea. That was the only way they were beating Samuel Montembeau on this night was with tips or or freak plays and things like that. And it ties the game up at three. And of course, Habs, once it gets tied up at three, that's where they start playing. Jake Evans brings one off the post. Caden Gouley takes a bad penalty. Samuel Montembeau has the most fucking amazing penalty kill from a goaltender that I've seen in a long time, saving his team's ass. They hit the post again. <laughs> Mike Matheson, I suppose, late in the third period, they hit four or five posts just in the third period, playing actually really good hockey. It was exciting. It was back and forth. It was fun. But it was all colored with this feeling that, like, how we shouldn't really be in this game right now, you know? And, of course, nobody else scores from there. We go to overtime. We get some three-on-three action. And the overtime is all Habs. They clearly want this game in overtime badly. They want to erase the fact that they gave up a three-goal lead uh and they're but they just can't get a quality enough chance to actually get one past jonathan quick and then Uras levkovsky goes down uh on the forecheck forces a penalty by just basically catching Keandre miller behind his own net taking the puck from him forcing him to grab his stick with 11 seconds the halves get a four on three opportunity <laughs> the puck goes the other way it's mika zibanejad with the best chance and samuel montembo shuts the door again we go to a shootout and i'm just gonna take you through the shooters here okay nick suzuki goes first he swings wide tries to go around jonathan quick and gets stopped on the forehand artemi panarin next he's staring samuel montambo down he ends up shooting it wide cole caulfield comes in snipes low glove on jonathan quick we're in business then it's mika zibanejad he comes down the ice he tries the Peter Forsberg move, going to the one hand, and Samuel Montambeau is beat. He slid with him, but guess what? He puts his stick out and just manages to grab that puck and send it the other way. A fucking ridiculous save by Samuel Montambeau to add to his mountain of ridiculous saves that he made in that game. Jesse Elanen has a chance to win it for the Habs. He goes in with a beautiful move, but he rings it off the outside of the post. And then it's Alexis Lafreniere, the last shooter for the Rangers. He has to score to extend this thing. And he is stopped by Samuel Montembeau because everybody was stopped by Samuel Montembeau on this night. This was a magnificent chef's kiss performance by the goaltender Samuel Montembeau. I have not seen a performance like we saw that game against dallas he was great in that game against dallas i don't want to take anything away from that i have not seen a goaltender performance that beautiful since the time that carrie price uh dominated the senators with with his glove hand if you if you haven't seen that game or if you don't remember it just go to youtube and put in carrie price dominates the senators on the glove hand and you'll you'll find the highlights for that game it was an amazing game and this was you know the most beautiful game that I've seen in Semyon Bull's career. I don't think I need to tell you guys the player of the game. It is him. Um, He is him. I don't have words to express how fun it was watching him in net. Now, you could maybe have a bit of a conversation about, uh, you know, the Habs not necessarily putting him in a position to succeed. But I want to focus really on how good he was in that game. I mean... The 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 two saves that he made at the end of overtime there. You got 11 seconds on the clock and you got a four-on-three power play. What goaltender is expecting the puck to come to him, right? The face-off's 180 feet away from him. And his team has four players and the, the other team only has three. He's not thinking that there's anything coming to him. And he goes and makes two huge saves to make sure that they can get to the shootout. And then in the shootout, nobody can score on him. The selly that he had at the end of that shootout was the selly of a man who knew that he deserved a win and that he got it, and he knew that he earned it, and he walked out of that net, you know, tall, like a gangster. Um, he stole that game. That, that is an absolute steal of a game. This man should never pay for a drink in the city of Montreal again for the rest of his life. This man should potentially be given the Order of Quebec tomorrow. For how good he's been playing lately and for how good he played in that game. That was a magnificent goaltender performance. I loved every second. I loved every save that he made. And as flawed as that game was, you know, when you're sitting there as a Montreal Canadiens fan, sometimes when you get a performance like that from your goaltender, you can't help but just sit back and and enjoy the ride, you know? There's times where you have those guys that are just capable of absolutely imposing themselves on the opposition. And uh, and he's done that a couple of times in a row now. But specifically in this game against the number one team in the Eastern Conference, uh, they were throwing up their arms, man. They had no idea what, what to say or do. And you, you look at the other end, Jonathan Quick, this is a guy that's uh, he's won multiple Stanley Cups and absolutely outplayed by Samuel Montembeau. Magnificent performance. This guy's underpaid as fuck. He's, he's making a million dollars this year. He's so underpaid, it's not funny. When his raise kicks in next year, he's still going to be brutally underpaid if he's still playing like this. He would have to fall off a cliff to be properly paid. Right now, brutally underpaid. Fantastic performance. Fantastic season out of this guy. He should be in the All-Star game. They need to put this man in the All-Star game. you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. This, this guy's an All-Star. Um, I'm going I'm to stop there. I don't want to turn this into a rant. That was a magnificent game. I've spent enough time on it. He's clearly your player of the game. First star, second star, third star. He gets all three. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful performance from Samuel Maltambo. I would love to see that again. I don't give a shit about draft position or anything. I I get fired up when I see a goaltender performance like that. It was uh, something to see. Now, we do have some other good performances that I could talk about. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the... (laughs) The brutal play as soon as they get a lead. I, I don't know what that's about, man. If you go to natural stat trick and you go take a look at the game flow chart um, and see what the game was going like up until they got the two-goal lead. Like, first period, they were the better team, really. Not by a wide margin or anything, but I would argue they looked better. Certainly a five-on-five, five at least. Um, then you go into the second period. They, they get two quick goals in the second period, and they fall off a cliff. And they don't start to actually recover in that game until after New York ties the game. It's tough to watch this team sometimes because they just stop playing. And you can see it just in the way that they defend. Like, they're not a team where their defenders are not trying to meet you at the blue line every time that you carry the puck into their zone, right? But they do it. Like, they have defenders that will step up at the blue line and try to deny entry completely. That stops 100% when they get a two-goal lead or more. If they're up by two or more, the the D will back all the way up to the to the fucking goal line if they have to. And that, to me, smells like coaching, right? Because wh- why are you capable of denying entries and why are you capable of playing really good offensive hockey up until you get that two-goal lead? It's because <clears throat> for whatever reason, this coaching staff has decided that when they get up, they're just going to play this, this prevent defense that, that does not work. It doesn't work. And... They've got to rein that in because, again, when you look at the numbers, it it, it gets shockingly bad, shockingly bad. Again, anybody who is maybe listening for the f- the first time recently, I'm going to mention the same numbers that I got from Micah uh, at Ineffective Math on Twitter on his uh, Substack or sorry, not his Substack, I think it's his Patreon. Um, when they're up two goals, their expected goals against goes up. By 59.3 percent their expected goals for go down by 26.5 percent when they're up three or more their expected goals against go up 67.5 percent and their expected goals for go down 51.8 percent what the fuck are you doing literally like i said they up two goals they stop playing up three goals they leave the building it's it's incredible. It's it's a problem, and it's something that they got to figure out before this team can be competitive. It's not it's not necessarily a glaring problem this season. I mean, for me, it is because I'm getting tired of watching it. But it's something they got to correct before they can get around to competing. And um, luckily for them, they had a, a goaltender that really was capable of stealing the show in this game. But this this attitude of you know we go up a couple of goals and we're just going to stop playing. It's not. I don't think it's benefiting them. I think that they need to correct it sooner than later because I think you 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 gain something from games where you get to you know beat up on the opponents, right? If you can have, I don't, I'm not saying you need to do this on a regular basis, like once a month or anything, but a couple of times a season, if you can just go out and have a, a eight one laugher, I think that's a a big boost for some of your young players to get a high scoring game where they can kind of chip in, get get a little bit of a stat padding going on, so to speak. I think there's value in that, and the Habs don't give themselves that opportunity ever. No lead is safe when you're the Montreal Canadiens, and they need to get to a point where they can feel like at least some of their leads are safe uh, before they get into competing. But anyways, enough with the negatives. Uh, This was a win, a win against the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're not going to be getting those a whole lot (laughs) this season, so we got to enjoy them when we can, and there were some other good performances. And notably, as this is the bottom six minutes podcast, They got some great performances out of the bottom six in this game. Let's start with Yoel Armia. Uh, Second game in a row where he really impressed me. And again, I think his contract is an albatross that they would love to get rid of, but they can't. Uh, However, his underlying numbers are honestly not that bad this season. He probably deserves to be in the AHL for his overall play and the fact that his contract is an albatross. But he is chipping in in a big way right now. And I think you got to at least be able to recognize that when it happens. Um, that was a big goal that he scored in this game. Uh, he almost had another one as well. Uh, there's not much more you can say. He's playing great hockey right now, and uh, as a member of the bottom six, that's about all you can ask from him. Um, I still would probably like to see somebody else come up from Laval in his stead. You all know exactly who I'm talking about, but... Um, yeah they don't seem ready to do that so at the very least I can say he's playing great and uh, he deserves to uh, to get some credit for that outside of him Jake Evans had a magnificent game um, really active on the four check uh, creating a lot of opportunities like I said during the recap he rang one off the bar in the third period that oh, it was a golden chance and he put a good shot on too it just it, it was a half an inch in the wrong direction half an inch to the inside there and that's going to go off the bar and uh, into the net and, Um You know? It it is what it is. Sometimes the puck just... It's hockey, man. Sometimes the puck doesn't do what you want it to do. And uh, you just... You got to keep doing the things that made you successful in the first place. And that's one thing that, again, the Habs, when they're up... You know what they do. We already had a, a big, long talk about that, or I rather had a big, long talk about that already. Jake Evans, however, he doesn't change anything about what he does. He's just, he's effective. He's very good in the defensive zone. When he gets the puck behind his own net, he's capable of making guys miss and then turning it into a transitional opportunity for the Habs. So really good game from him as well. Um, Sean Monaghan played well. I really enjoyed his game. Brennan Gallagher, again, go back to that goal. If you haven't seen it yet, go to my Twitter at Drake MT. There I go. Plug in my own Twitter again. Um... He had a guy all over him. I forget who it was. He was draped all over him. Probably deserved a penalty. But it didn't matter because Gallagher just fought through it and put a ridiculous shot on goal uh, and ended up adding to the lead for the Habs there. So um, really uh, fantastic game from Brendan Gallagher. Who else? Uh, Uri That's who I wanted to get to. Uri did not find his way onto the score sheet in that game. But if you watched it, You saw a guy that was an absolute menace on the forecheck. I talked about it during the recap, that penalty that he forced on Keandre Miller uh, in the overtime period. And that was just one of his plays. He had a play at one point in the third period uh, where he dangles around a defender, goes in. Basically, he's one on three. He has no support. He has to drive into the net. I think he was hooked. You you maybe could have had a case for a hooking call there. He didn't get it. But for me, I don't want to dwell on, on the missed call, whether or not there should have been a call. I want to dwell more on the fact that look at how he got himself in that position with a beautiful move at the offensive blue line then drives into the net, takes the middle of the ice. Um, And then on the forecheck, he's just relentless in puck pursuit and he's getting a lot more physical lately as well. He's keeping his head up too, which is important. We saw a lot last year he was getting dinged uh, because he'd have his head down and we're not seeing that anymore. We're seeing development from this kid. And as much as the points aren't maybe rolling in at the rate we might like to see them roll in, we are seeing a different player and I think that's what we need to focus on is that he is taking strides in the right direction in so many facets of his game that we're we're starting to see that potential that maybe is what got him drafted first overall in the first place. And, you know... It's going to take some time. Um, we saw before the game, they had a video of him working with uh, Saint louis on one-timers uh, during practice. which I've talked about that a few times in this podcast, that he seems like his timing is just a little bit off when that puck comes to him. And um, he was working on it, and then he actually had an opportunity. Mike Matheson passed him the puck on the power play, and he got a really good shot on goal, and he got robbed by, uh, by Jonathan Quick. So... <laughs> Quick didn't have a great game But he made a great save on that one uh, So kind of them's the breaks Again, it's hockey, shit happens But he, he was putting himself in good positions All night long And um, yeah, enjoyed it Outside of that, uh, top line in general, uh, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, yeah, they played good. I don't think it was their best game. Uh, I think they got a lot better in the third period when when the team decided to start playing again. But overall, good game. Uh, the third line was really good, uh, and again, just the bottom six in general was fantastic in that game. And it's a it's it's a team game, but they all owe Samuel Montembeau uh, every drink for the rest of his life for that effort. That was absolutely amazing. The Sportsnet broadcast, I was watching on Sportsnet this time because uh, TVA just wasn't working on my TV for whatever reason. I like to watch my games in French, but sometimes I got to switch to English and deal with Sportsnet. But they mentioned uh, in the third period, actually, that this was the most shots on goal that the New York Rangers have ever had against the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal. The most that they have ever had. And the Habs still won it. It was also the most shots on goal that they've had this season. And again, I hate to keep repeating myself, but this is the number one team in the Eastern Conference, and that's the most shots on goal that they've had all year. And Samuel Montambeau made sure that they were only leaving that building with one point. What a game. Absolutely amazing. We're going to end it there. I'm running over 21 minutes, almost 22 minutes. C'est soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play. Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow there. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you as always for listening and of course, a la prochaine.